0: Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow up and insights that modern businesses need to win.
1: Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for letting me those ears. And if you're watching this on video, I appreciate your eyeballs as well. As well, today I have. I think a special guest. I, I like this dude. Young, aggressive, entrepreneurial, the founder and CEO of Seamless.ai. Please help me welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast. Brandon Bornansett, a.k.a. BB. I call him. What's happening, man? Antonio, what's
0: going on, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Super excited to be here and on the uh, podcast today. Thanks so much.
1: You're welcome, man. I, You know, as I was thinking about this, I was going, what do I talk to this guy about? Because there's so many things to talk to you about. But uh, do a little intro for the folks for the Sales Influence podcast, since they probably don't know who you are. Uh, give them a little background on who you are. Give me you your one-minute monologue here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm on a mission to help every single person in the world get their products and services into the hands of every single person that desperately needs them. Uh, during the day, I'm the, the CEO and founder at seamless.ai, where, where we help the world connect opportunities, positively impact billions. Essentially breaking that down to, to dumb list sense, uh, we find emails and cell phones for every single person in the world you need to sell to. It's free. Anyone can join for free. It's like using Google and LinkedIn, except we give you everyone's contact info instantly in seconds. And uh, right now we get to serve about half a million sales teams. And, you know, we've got nearly a hundred thousand customers in my free time. I like to write because people like you taught me, you know, get your message out into the world. So, uh, super excited about my, my new, my new recent number one bestseller, whatever it takes, which I wrote for our team during the recession to help them get through the shitty economic climate that everyone would go through. And actually we're seeing it again now post COVID. So I think whatever it takes is, uh, even more critical now more
1: than ever. Man, maybe, maybe that's a good jump-off point. Again, the book is called Whatever It Takes, uh, written dur- during COVID. But as we move into the headwinds of recession, from what it seems, all the big guys are saying this is where we're moving. I saw, I saw something yesterday that said, what is it, 76% or 78% of CFOs said, yeah, we're headed towards a recession. So, I mean, how do – I mean, give me your take on this. Like, what's happening and how do companies like you begin to kind of adjust for those headwinds that are coming?
0: Yeah, so, so all these CFOs, all these CEOs, they start to see a slowdown in demand. They start to see they're not hitting the growth numbers. So then they're like, okay, let's lay off. We're, we're going to anticipate that the market is going to crash or, or go down, right? Which we've seen. And it was funny because I was about to pull out of the market in November when I was experiencing 20, 30, 40% growth in my stock portfolio, which I, I haven't seen in five to 10 years. And it was like the, the hype. And I remember calling my brother, Anthony, actually, uh, my brother-in-law. And I'm like, dude, crypto, all-time high. Tech stocks, all-time high. We should cash out 30% up on our portfolio. That's like three to four years, right? If, if the average stock returns 7% a year, right, the the index. Dude, you, you cash out at 30%, you're golden for the next three to five years. And we didn't pull the trigger because he's like, no, let's keep riding it. Let's keep riding it. I'm like... The minute, it was like the middle of November, boom, you see a big drop, 10%. Ever since last November, drop, 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 Then you see inflation at the highest it's ever been. You see gas at the highest it's ever been. Um, everyone's remote, you know? So, so what was interesting was, okay, COVID, everyone kind of, the market tanked, then the market started to pick back up because everyone got used to working remote. So it started skyrocket again, which we saw last November. Then, you know, with the presidential election and everything happening, then it started to tank again. And these CFOs, they start laying everyone off. They start forecasting. We're going to have a downturn. Like everyone in the market, they're, they're uh, forecasting a downturn for the next two to four years. So what they do is, boom, 20%, 20%, 20%. You're going to see mass layoffs, especially in tech. now, 20% in the future. I bet you companies will go through three rounds of layoffs. How do you combat that? Right? So I love when CFOs do this. Because I've, you know, since I launched the company, and I'm I'm a serial salesperson. Fucking live and breathe sales since I was 14 years old, and all I've ever done was sales. So when when I love seeing people run away, I run full force to it. And, and when, while everyone's retreating, while everyone's laying people off, while everyone is cutting ad spend, cutting events, cutting everything, I'm like, yo, I'm going to go sprint. How can I spend as much money as humanly possible and do whatever it takes to attack the market? Because the company that can outsell, outspend, outacquire the most amount of new customers will win. And I just, I just have no fear, you know, probably like you when you're on stage. It, this guy is the best on stage speaker, presenter, teacher I've ever seen in my life. He's got no fear. Uh, who you're listening to, the man, the myth, the legend right now on, on the Sales Influencer podcast. That same approach is what I take to business during all economic climates, regardless if it's good or bad.
1: You know, it's funny, I was having this discussion, Brandon, with, uh, uh, I'll just say a company, a very large company, and they asked me about the recession. And I reminded them of what the economist Milton Friedman said, that uh, recession squeezes out excess. And I've always loved that phrase, recession squeezes out excess, because what it does, it takes out the, the non-players off the board. They give up. But I, I, I tied it back into sales, and what you said is is, is so spot on. I, I want you to explore it a little deeper Because I think that's when you have this mindset. Like, okay, everybody else is, look, sales have been raining for some people. I think that's a fact, right? Some people, the sales have just been coming. I think think they've atrophied. In other words, they've lost some of their sales chops. But I think that mindset, talk to me about that shift in mindset. How do you give people that mindset to say, the recession, great news. Here's what we're going to do. I mean, how do you, if you're a manager right now, which you are for your company, but if you're giving advice to other companies, you know how do you get them to kind of just overcome that fear of what's coming?
0: Yeah, I love that, and and, and I use a quote: "Bad times create or good times create bad salespeople. Yep. Bad times, however, create great salespeople." And, and what that means is, like, if you can be a top producer during tough economic times, you will be a top one percenter, six figure, seven figure earner, regardless, because. When you can find deals, when you can prospect, book appointments, close sales, crush your number during tough economic times like we grew 300 to 500% during COVID, we know. Amazing. We're going to crush it when the market is great, and we're going to crush it when the market is bad, and when the market is down, like uh it, it's a lot of coaching and a lot of prep. Right? Well, let, so let me put, let me push you. Let me I, I, I,
1: go ahead. I, I, I wanted to push you. I want to push you because, dude, I, I know you got the juice, man. I know you got the juice, and I know you got the good stuff. The I'm going to push you a little hard on this, but I'm a manager, man. I got 10 salespeople. I'm not you, but I want to be you, right? Mm-hmm. What do I tell them? You know, Give me some go-to yeah. market strategy, some tactical stuff that you can say, do this this this, 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 is what This is what I time. did. I had an
0: emergency meeting during COVID. I said, this is going to be a shit storm for the next two to four years. It's going to be a fucking absolute disaster. I need you to prepare that this will be the worst time in your life you ever experienced. Cool. Now that we've level set there, we know how terrible it's going to be. That, that way you don't under forecast how bad it's going to be. A lot of people, they think, you know, they're going to do a little bit and they're going to deliver great results. I want you to believe that it's going to be really, really bad and you have to try Three, five, seven, ten 10 times harder in activity, in, in prospecting and emailing, calling, pitching, closing appointments, sales to be successful. So, so like right now, you know, I had another emergency meeting, just like we were at COVID and with our whole sales team, 150 sales reps. And I was like, we're going through one of the worst economic uh, disasters since COVID, since 2007, 2009 and the mortgage crisis. I said, you have to embrace this suck. You have to literally put in 300% of the sales activity and the sales work that you did to produce the same results that you were getting in January, February, March, April of last year, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. So all of last year was great up until November when the market started crashing. So just to do those exact same results, you know, not even increase your quota, You have to do 300% the amount of work. It's like uh, if you want to lose weight, you know, because I'm always trying to lose weight because I'm a yo-yo dieter. I'll eat great. I'll work out. I'll lose a bunch of weight. And then the weekend comes and I'll eat like shit and I'll get a bunch of weight. And, um, you know, my my health coach, he's like, dude, we got to go 3 to 5x harder on the diet. We got to go 3 to 5x harder on the cardio. If you want to drop 5 pounds, 10 pounds, this is what you got to do. And the same goes for, for this crazy, this crazy time period. It's like, uh, uh, extreme accountability and responsibility. Never play the fucking victim. Don't play the victim game. Everyone will try to play the victim right now. The economy is bad. I'm going to blame the economy. My manager is bad. I'm going to blame my manager. Uh, the leads are bad. There's no leads. I'm going to blame marketing. My sales VP he's not good. And that's why we're struggling. It's like have extreme ownership and extreme accountability, which I talk about whenever it takes. And then you, you just have to embrace the pain. This is gonna be brutal. And then you gotta increase the activity. Three hundred percent. Let me let me
1: do a quick re- let me do a quick recap here. I, w- I wanna do a quick recap. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's so you got you got some good stuff. I wanna slow you down, man, because I know you can go like right. So the first one is you're basically saying, here it comes, right? Here comes, as you say, the shitstorm. storm. And I love that because that's almost like the inoculation effect. You're inoculating what's against what's coming so they know what's coming. As you say, you level set them and you have them embrace the suck. Love that already. I, I think the part the part about the 300% just to be where you're at in this, head st- in this headwind I think is very fascinating. But number three, when you talk about that no victim mentality. I love that, man, because it's easy to blame other things for not succeeding. And then when people get into this groupthink mentality, right, everybody starts feeling like a victim, nobody does anything. So let's say you've level set their brains, right? And you say, okay, level set 300x and no victims here at Seamless.ai. Now, that's the mindset. Shift me over to some of the tactical stuff. You know, uh, that you think people can begin to implement to to hit that 300%. Like, what are some of the things you say, look, here's what we need to be more efficient? Here's what we need to do more of. Give me some of that stuff. Give
0: me yeah, some so of that day in the life at of. The Beginning of every week or weekends, nights, whatever. Build your, your sales list in advance so that you're not wasting any time during the day uh, researching who to sell to. So, step one, I, you know, okay, now I got to prospect 300 to 500% more leads. Okay, well, the prospect 300 to 500% more leads. Build your lists in the evening or on the weekends using seamless, using LinkedIn, you need it. Okay. Now I'm building my sales list and then I'm using all eight, 10, 12 hours of the day to just prospect, um, incorporate and, and by the way, that saves you three to five hours a day. Like first if you use a tech to automate your list building that will cut three hours of your day. Then build the list that you need to sell to for the week or for the day in advance. That way you're you're maximizing your sales pitching and prospecting time that you've got. Once you do that, okay, you're waking up. I recommend for sales managers, sales leaders to start scheduling call blitzes. Let's get the whole team, like everyone's dealing with a lot of negativity, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. We'll get everyone on call blitzes, two hour call blocks, one hour call blocks, and let's work in a virtual sales floor and start calling and prospecting together. And, and and you could even rotate people listening versus people doing the calls because the people listening will learn from their colleagues and, and create this positive, only positivity in the room, on the sales floor mentality. Everyone's doing mass activity. Also continue to just do, I, I love role-playing during times of, difficulty and challenge. I think role-playing is really critical. So have everyone role-play every day. Like I love role-playing at least 30 minutes a day, making sure that our reps, especially during difficult times because bad times create great salespeople. If you show up and you rise up to the challenge, well, one of the best ways to do that is to constantly be role-playing and practicing. I have no budget. Uh, the economy's crashed. budget freezes. We have no money. We're not buying anything anytime soon. What are you going to say to create the interest, to create the value, to create the urgency for these prospects to take action and move on taking a meeting with you, learning more about your software, learning more about what you can help them with so that they overcome and they maximize growth. These are some tactics that we've incorporated here at seamless.ai to keep the, the positive mindset up, to keep the activity up. And then also managers have to just manage the accountability and activity, not saying micromanage, just manage. Let's make sure are we tracking the number of leads in the system going into into the pipeline every day? Are we tracking calls, emails, social touches, the amount of meetings booked, the amount of meetings held, the amount of closed one deals, the average age of a deal from open to closed one. Are we keeping the pipeline super tight? I don't want anyone on my team smoking the hopium. People love to smoke the <laughs> hopium during bad times, yeah, which means they keep real shitty deals in the pipeline who haven't gotten back to you in weeks, who they they have no next step on an opportunity. Sales reps, and I've, done, I've been guilty of this, I'll move out the I'll push date, I'll move out the opportunity every month and you'll see a deal has four pushes. If you've got a deal that you keep pushing off the close date, you either don't know how to accurately forecast or probably it's not a real deal. So yeah, that's, by the way. Exactly that,
1: that, before you go any further, because uh, dude, this is dude. I think you gave me in the first eighteen minutes uh, what most people give me, maybe three sessions. Okay, so this is good stuff, man. But I want to highlight the, uh, the the tactics. We got the mindset already, embrace the suck three hundred percent. But I love the part about managing your time. You know, building your automated list ahead of time uh, before you get on the phone. But the call blitzes, I think, are great. I love that already. The rotating thing, I really love that idea, Brandon. I wonder how many people actually use that idea, because I really love that. And then I think you hit on the role-playing. And I love the fact that even if you think you're good, you're still hitting role-play, let's say, 30 minutes a day. And I love that, man. So we got the mindset. You got the tactical stuff. And as you are moving into the management stuff, uh, one of the questions that I, and I love, by the way, what you said about the, um, by the way, is that your metric, that they do four pushes, on a deal, you're like, what do you have like a oh, flag or something for
0: that? Man, anything over two to three, I'm like, you know, is this deal really real? Because you shouldn't be pushing a deal that much.
1: If now, we're we're a in
0: deal. high transaction, high volume, right? So right. we know our sales cycle is 7 to 14 days. We know a lot of our deals are one call closes. So we've just got a lot of data. Last year, we did 52,000, 52 or 51,247 appointments. Year before that, we did 21,000 appointments. This is all from using Seamless and then a lot of these secrets. Um, So we just have so much data on all of the pipeline to where we know when things get screwed up.
1: So, so two questions, because again, this is, this is, dude, I'm excited talking to you, Matt. It. It's like talking to a guy who knows his shit. You know what I mean? I get excited about this. So, before we get off the manager stuff, because by the way, here's my framework as I'm talking to you. We figure out what the mindset is. We got some tactical stuff going on. Part two. You gave me some data on what managers should do, you know, and what they should look for. I want, before we move off the managers and get into the data, I wanted to ask you, what if, have what if you noticed the best managers of salespeople do like give me two or three things Victor these are two three things they do consistently and that's why they're the best managers oh
0: man and I'm I'm writing a a new management book actually
1: perfect timing yeah well you should I mean you're in a position what what I love about your position Brad I don't mean to interrupt but what I love about your company the fact that you founded that is I think you get a perspective of view that very few people I talk to have in other words You're you're the founder and the CEO. I mean, you built this baby, right? Which means you understand how every brick is laid. But within that housing, so to speak, that edifice you called seamless.ai, there's this, 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 this culture slash mantra that has to work to make everything come together. And so when you look at the company, the data and the culture, I mean, the fact that you have all that and you see all that is why I admire you so much. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, I really mean that. And that's why I'm asking you, about managers, because I know you have some insights. Two or three things that the best managers do.
0: Yeah. N- number one. Thanks, by the way, Victor. I really appreciate it. Um, number one would be. Number one would be to 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 just give a damn about your people. So, I, shit, I'll, I'll break it up in, in even more. Than that. What what I do? How Danielle and I? So so Danielle's my wife. She's the COL. Uh, I'm the CEO. You know, we were like the first people to build Seamless, and then we brought on amazing partners like Jake, Austin, Mike, just incredible people, and then we grew out to 350 people now over the course of four years. And when we launched the company, we we went we we have this operating philosophy: we're all in on your professional success, your personal success, your wealth, your health, your relationships—five key pillars. P, P, W, R, and H. P, P, W, R, H. Professional, Personal, Wealth, Health, Relationships. And I believe that if any one of these pillars falls down, it's a negative domino spiraling effect. Let me give you an example. So uh, another, like, I'll give you an example when I was uh, a week before Demo Day. So a week before Demo Day, I don't want to get into it, like like too sad or anything. But my mom was dying of Alzheimer's, so like I had a lot of personal stuff going on, and she passed away from Alzheimer's. Taught me great lesson to like life is short, go all out every second of every day. And the week before demo day, my team knew I was a little stressed, a little more off, a little more emotional. Right, my professional life was going great, my personal life. You know, what was going through some tough times. So, like, if anyone was asking me, like, my investors were like, Hey, what's going on? Right. They're trying to figure out, Hey, you know, what's going on across your life? And I'm like, Hey, you know, my mom's about to pass away. I got to bolt out of here. I got to go see her one last time in LA. And then I came back and we crushed demo day, you know, after she passed. And it was amazing and a blessing that I got to see her before she, she left. But my personal life was in channels. Right, and if you let your personal life go to shambles, it will be a negative domino effect. And then I just took that like five steps further. I'm like, okay, what other parts of your life, if they go wrong, they could destroy your whole success empire, your work, your personal, your wealth. Like, if you owe creditors money, if you can't pay your bills, if you can't pay gas, electricity, if you don't have a house, like that will destroy everything. If your health. You're eating shitty. You're drinking shitty. You're not working out. You have, and I I consider health two things, your mindset and your body. And you got to work on both, your your mindset and your body. And then the relationships. If you've got toxic people, negative people, like, you know, when I was growing up running different companies when I was, since I was 18, I had a lot of friends that were fake friends. They wanted you to be like, yeah, I want you to be successful. And then they were suppressors and negative people that were talking shit on my back and wanted me to fail or said I wasn't a true salesperson or entrepreneur. You know, you got to get these toxic people out of your life and then you got to build up people that are more positive and doing things that you want to do in your relationship circle, your inner circle, right? So the things that, that our management strategy is I go all in. I don't give a shit about the output of my people. Like our team, I don't care. Like my managers have accountability and stuff, but my goal is to maximize your potential professionally, personally, wealth, health, relationships. And how I do that is like, well, when I see employees not uh, investing in their 401k, yeah, you know, we create a class on, on why it's important to invest your 401k. You're going to save 40% pre-taxed. That thing will explode over time. Then if you want to put that money to use, you can put it to use in investments, in stock market, in real estate. So like one, we'll coach people on all facets of, this, of their life, regardless if it benefits us in the short term of the company. Because I know in the long term, by like going all out and all in on your success, all facets of your life, you're going to leave and you're going to be like, damn, I never had a manager like Brandon or a leader like Brandon that gave a shit about me like I was his family or his best friend. That's the macro of how we operate at Seamless. If any team member has a problem with legal, with family, with health, with wealth, relationships, personal things going on in their life, Danielle and myself and our HR team, we're there to like coach them through it and coach them up out of it.
1: And I think that macro operating
0: philosophy is key.
1: If I could do a mic drop for you, I would. I'd be like, bam, mic drop on that.
0: Big Tin Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win.
1: Dude, I love that. PP, let me, Health, Wealth, and Relationship. Got it, man. Uh, by the way, a nice concept for the book, by the way, if you haven't thought about throwing that in there. Because I love that. It's a very – you bring up several things. I mean, the first is that it's a very holistic thing. One plays off each other, right? But you bring up a good point, and I, I'm, I really admire this, because the wealth piece is important, you know, it's like we, we live in this capitalist society, but we don't like to talk about money. But money is, just, you know, it's it's table stakes, right? We got to make sure people are taken care of so they can actually perform. But you've taken it one step further. When you start training your people, especially if you got young people coming into a company, right? They're not thinking long term. They're thinking short term. And the fact that you've put together, let's say, a 401k class on wealth management, whatever it may be, I think that's admirable. And I think that helps them zoom out. But I love the underlying tone of the whole thing, which is... I care about you. Mm-hmm. But that brings up a challenge. I mean, and now I'm going to challenge you on that. By the way, I love all the above. How do you scale that? How do companies scale that? Like right now you have 300 people. Uh, you know, how do you keep scale? Let's say I, I don't know, I go to Amazon. You know, how would you suggest somebody scale that? I'm asking you a tough question, sure. by the way, and I know it.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough. I, I believe that you've you got to talk about your mission, your vision, your core values everywhere. Uh, every day I post our, our core values, our goals, our KPIs, our mission every single day. I also include a motivational quote. I include a motivational video. So the whole company, 350 people, they literally see my posts every day. Talk it like I do a motivational message. I got a motivational quote, I got a motivational video, core values, and then our KPIs across every single department.
1: And I think so, so Paul's right there, Brad. Paul's right there. So this is something you do every day, is it? You send it out through Slack? Yeah, you know, every
0: you- day I go to our Seamless Team channel, which gets okay. blasted to every single person, you know, uh, the whole company is in the Seamless Team Slack channel. And okay. I just believe, like, because because we're a remote, 100% remote company, just because we love extreme optionality here, and... Extreme ups I've never heard that one. (laughs) Coach these people and and have them like know who I am, even if they can't see me. If they're in the office with me, they'd get an even better feel. But I just thought, okay, if I do a post every day to everyone, that will be a great way to build relationships at scale, one to many. And it's just been something I've been doing for years, four years, and uh, I won't stop. Has to get done every day. My VP of finance screwed it up a little bit. No offense, Trent, because he took over <laughs> my 9 a.m., 8 30 a.m. post slot. So like my day is a shitstorm. So now he'll post every day like different numbers on where we're at to our goal at 8 30. So I try to save it till noon. And then sometimes I get I forget and then I do it at two or whatever. I may push him out and just get back to my 830 a.m. slot. But yeah, we I, ideally I love doing it in the morning, 830 a.m. Yes. Set the tone for the day. But but at scale, yeah. one of the best ways to do it is fire your most toxic employees as fast as humanly possible. And this was really hard for me to do. When I had 15 employees, my number one sales rep, who was producing 2x everyone else, he was the best salesperson at the company. We had to fire him and let him go because he was super toxic. No one wanted to work with him. No one, he would put people down. He would think he was better than everyone. He didn't exude our positive, coachable, hardworking, whatever it takes, mindset. And when you see people that aren't kind, like, I believe in empathy, leading with empathy. I believe in all of us. We should be kind to each other. And like, we've got a no toxic policy. We've got a no jerk, no asshole policy. And what that means is like, be nice to people. Don't degrade people uh, ever. Like coach people up. Don't make people feel bad. Don't make people feel s- stupid. Um, you know, like just, just be fucking kind to the people that are working hard every day for you. And uh a big part of that is firing toxic people, whether it's leaders or top performers or, or bad performers, Danielle, my CO, our CLO. You know, my wife, Danielle, she is a fucking guru at this. But she was a lawyer. So she was a super lawyer and, and uh, a licensed mediator and also a psychologist and a negotiator for the attorney's general's office. What? Dude, you're Not so in trouble. Lawyer. You are so Yeah, you got this badass woman, leader, <laughs> who comes in and she knows every single person in an instant. I've got a big heart. So like if you're kind of toxic, I'm like no like that person like will do great things and we'll be able to turn them around. She'll know people that are gonna be a disaster and destroy the culture in in 24 like in in 24 hours. It's just them starting their job really.
1: That's an, that's, an inter- that's an interesting dynamic because because I I think I'm like you you know I, it's almost like you want to give people a second chance like a third chance right? Uh, but my wife is the same way. She has that I don't know that objective reality all the time. Yeah. Right? She just she doesn't she doesn't tell me what to do. She just asks me very pointed questions that I have to answer. Do you know what I mean? And through with her questioning strategies, I come to my own conclusion, which is really her conclusion, but through me. And so your wife probably does the same thing. Big shout out to her, man.
0: And that, that's why like love the, uh, the Ubers and the WeWork. Like, what they were missing is is what I, I'm grateful to have. Like I'm an all out, go, go as hard as possible, go as big as possible, dream big, act big, do big, sprint you know, to make the, the impossible possible. and You know, that's what Travis Kalanakis was like at Uber. That's what uh, Adam Newman was like at WeWork. But what they didn't have was the backend operator, the accountability person to make sure that when you're driving the train that fast and you're breaking the speed limit mm-hmm. and it's going a thousand miles per hour, the, the thing says only go a hundred miles per hour. You need that type of person, that type of leader, a co-leader, or a partner, business partner, sales and marketing, whatever, in operations to help ensure the train doesn't fall off the mountain and crash and everyone dies. And I think that's where you saw like Uber doing real dumb shit. Uh, That's why they crashed. That's why we were crashed. Because no one leader can do it all. You need a bunch of really amazing leaders and operators to do it
1: together. You know, it's funny. I think you're the first person I think I've I've talked to in all my, my, my podcast interviews who actually talked about the process slash system slash operations that really contribute to success. And I'll share this brief story, this brief study with you, and I'd love to get your reaction. Uh, an insurance company basically did studies on rising stars, superstars. And what they did is they recruited salespeople from other companies who were just killing it. Brandon, just killing it, Right. And what they realized is that when they brought over the superstar, it took the superstar at least three years to get back to the level they were at when they left the company. And what they realized is that 30 percent, I think was the number, 30 percent is attributed to personal ability. But the other 70 percent of why they needed to be successful or could not be successful right away is because they didn't have the same systems, processes, operations, support culture that you're talking about. So I think that... I, you, know, that, you reminded me of that study because you're the first person I talked to, again, it really says, "Hey, you can be a great salesperson, but if you don't fit, that's a problem." You know, you know, how do you maintain that culture? I mean, I, I, apparently you have your wife there to maintain the culture. What are some of the challenges you found in maintaining that culture, if any?
0: Yeah, and, and I love the the study that you shared. I mean, I don't love it. I want I want to see salespeople. I want all salespeople to be ultra successful and. You know that, like, our goal is to get every single person into Presidents Club, which is an award we created where they make over a million dollars in sales, and we ship this thousand-dollar award to every salesperson that uses it. And we've got thousands of people that have won Presidents Club. My goal is to get a million people into Presidents Club. And, and what's interesting with the the culture and the leadership, uh, we just like to, to share a story. When you're when you're doubling a trip, like when you're growing two to four x, it shit can get crazy very fast. Zero to one, one to five, five to 25, 25 to 100. It's just crazy hyperspeed growth. And the biggest thing that we realized was we were meeting as a management team. We're kind of like having this emergency management meeting. We're like, man, we're, we're growing like crazy. We need, we need to build out all these departments of people like in operations, in HR, in retention. Employee retention. We need to make sure we've got the legal compliance with all these employees figured out. We got to make sure we've got the, the plans. And what we realize is to scale sales operations or any operation at any company. But again, ironically, there's five key pillars, totally different compared to the culture pillars. Uh, it's called DPSPP. DPSPP. Number one data. To manage any you need the data on that division, that department, that person, that team. And you need it instantly available. So like, what I realized was I had data for a little part of a division. Let's just call it sales. Our data on sales was the best because we're all sales people that built a sales tool that helps sales people make a shitload of money. So the first thing that we had data on was our sales team, our sales process, inside sales, outside sales, sales cycles. You need it. But every other department was missing the data. Finance was missing the data. Uh, Recruiting was missing the data. HR was missing the data. Customer success was missing the data. Operations, uh, technology, products. All these departments were missing the data. When I say the data, like everything about the department instantly available for you, that you can visualize, that you you can take action on instantly. So the first step is like, do my leaders and I and my managers have the data on everyone. Okay, and if it's yes, okay, great. Because if you have the data, then you can figure out DPSPP, P stands for people. So a, a company is just like a factory that produces results. You put inputs in, you get outputs of results. So without like, once you have the data, you can figure out what is the capacity of the factory. Okay, if I add an SDR, You know, Seamless goes okay, our SDRs will book three to five appointments a day. Two SDRs will flood one AE's calendar for the day. So I know, like, if I get two SDRs, I get one AE packed. That one AE will generate a million dollars a year. Okay. So the goal is add as many SDRs as possible. Every SDR I get, every two SDRs, they're going to add an AE. Every AE I add will generate a million dollars. So, like, you got to understand the capacity and the people that you need to make the factory run efficiently, and each department, each division has its own factory to produce the results and the impact that you're looking for. So, second part by is like, the way, love, I, by the way,
1: I love, by the way, I love, I just gotta tell you, I love that analogy the input output as a factory. I, I love that. I just didn't yeah. want to, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, thanks so much. Yeah, you know, my like, I'm, I think I'm like somewhat of a sales engineer, like, I'm a sales person turned sales engineer turned now engineer and leader for seamless. But you, you got to think of these like just if this, then that, if this, then that. I always think of everything as an if X, then Y type of deal. And uh, so then you'd like people, okay, what are the people I need in customer success? What are the people I need in HR? What are the people I need everywhere? So then once you have the data and you figure out and you hire all the people you need, or you're hiring all the people you need, the next part, which will unleash the people who are then using the data to perform is the systems. Like, if your sales people are using Seamless and Salesforce, and LinkedIn, and uh, shit, a workflow automation platform like an outreach or sales loft, and then a training platform like Victor's training platform, and all this shit is disconnected. I'm so inefficient because my systems aren't connected. So as a sales leader, or any leader, You want to make sure every team's got all the systems hyper-connected. So I can work every day from nine to five or whatever as fast as possible and as efficient and effective as possible throughout my day. So making sure that seamless, okay, auto imports into Salesforce. Salesforce auto imports into outreach or sales I've got victors training automatically coming to my people every single day of the week so that they're training every day. They're building lists with seamless every day. They're executing. And logging their activity at Salesforce every day. They're doing calls, emails, social touches every day. Because now we know with the recession right now, we got to do 300%, 500%. The sales leads, the sales activity, the sales training, the positive mindset, thinking to be successful. So you want to make sure the systems are all in place. Now you've got DPS. Last two to really scale this thing and build an unstoppable team, an unstoppable culture. Because you've removed everyone toxic, everyone's kind and they treat people with respect and everyone wants to win. Um, Little hyper secret too. teach people that it's you versus you and there is no freaking, like you're not competing with each other. You're not competing with other people in the industry. You're competing with yourself. So when you teach people, like if Victor wins, I can also win, then you really create an unstoppable company. And you have to also do that by educating them that the wisdom of the crowd will help them get smarter and smarter and smarter. So you want to add people who are better than you, smarter than you, faster than you, greater than you, because they increase the average wisdom of the crowd. And by increasing the average wisdom of the crowd, the people you hang out with and work with every day, you'll get brought up. If you add shittier people to your network, you'll get brought down. If you add people that are better than you, you will get brought up. Like I suck at basketball, but I would do whatever it takes if I want to be in basketball. I want Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, freaking Wade, Dwayne Wade. I want uh, Brandon George. I would want the whole team to be made up of badass all stars. Because no matter what, I'm going to learn from these guys. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and I'm going to become one of the best basketball players in the world. Because I'm surrounded. Steph Curry. I'm surrounded by all this greatness. Uh, so going back to TPSP, the the fourth thing is playbooks. So now that I've got the data, the people, the systems, what the hell do I do? And I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, if this, then that. You want everything played out. Like to win a football game, championship game, Tom Brady and Gronkowski, they know the plays in and out, every single play. If defense rolls left, we know how to roll right. If uh, they could read that we've got a running play, we know how to audible the passing play. If they could read that we're doing a Hail Mary, okay, we're going to do a short cross pass. They've got plays for every single situation in any game. This is how Tom Brady. Tom Brady spends 50% of his time on game film. And he spends so much time on game film because he's memorizing the defensive plays. The offensive plays of every single person on the team so that he knows during any situation, he's got the playbook, he's got the plays that he can run to win the game. And the same is true for top salespeople, sales teams, sales leaders. You have to have everything played out. If this happens, then what? If I say I'm not interested, then what? If I have no budget, then what? I talk to my boss. I'm already working with someone. Send me more information. What's your guarantee? Because the economy sucks and I may not be in business tomorrow. How is it going to work? Why is it going to work? Who have you helped besides me? Like, not just in scripts and selling scenarios, you want to have all of that scripted out, you want to have a bunch of different plays for all these different selling scenarios, but also in the work in the processes. So you want to have your plays for like, what to do in sales or in life for everything. And then the process is, hey, if someone calls me for an inbound lead, what are the processes? Hey, go to Salesforce. Log it as a call on Salesforce, then create the Inbound lead. Here's how you create the Inbound lead. Then here's how you pass it from your SDR to AE. So playbooks and processes have everything played out, scripted out, and uh, systematized out, and train every single person. One of the best ways that we do this is in Google Doc. We've got Google Sheets and Google Docs for days. These are living documents. You're always adding to the docs. You're always adding new plays. You're always updating old plays, you're always adding new processes, you're always updating processes. So you coach the team, like here are the playbooks, here are the plays and scripts and strategies and secrets, and here are the processes to execute your day to day. And then with DPSPP and the right mindset and the right coaching and the right leadership to ensure that you've got a positive, coachable, hardworking, whatever it takes culture. A lot of this can be instilled with this book, by the way, then you become unstoppable. And that's what you know. It's my hope that every sales team, every salesperson becomes unstoppable and wins Presidents Club, generating millions of dollars in sales every year. Because the only people that are going to change this world forever for the better are salespeople and entrepreneurs. And uh, we need them to to get the products and services in the hands of every single person that needs them, especially right now during this tough time.
1: Damn, I you know, people are going to hear this and they're going to start calling your company. They want to work for Seamless. That's what's going to happen, man. I, so, I sure. love the fact that. Absolutely. The, well, many, uh, yeah, by the way, look up, right look, look up. All remote. What's that Crazy. now? Yeah. By the way, look up Brandon on LinkedIn. Uh, follow him. Uh, get the book, whatever it takes. In fact, get all three books. What? what I mean, you really have like, if, I know you're writing books, but you have like two books. You got the first one, which we talked about, uh, you know, the first one, which is the the PP whR yeah, right? That, that's a self- Great. Memory. Yeah, that, that's culture right there. Then the, uh, yeah, I'm actually listening to you, man. The DPSPP, right? That right there is another book. That's the one I would really want to read because I, I think it's amazing. Like I said, there's uh, my head hurts in a good way because I know there's so much stuff that you got out there, and you're trying to squeeze a lot of it through a very small time frame. And I appreciate your time for that. But I think that in and of itself, when you talk about the data, the people, the systems, the playbooks make it tactical. The process gives it the system itself. And I think you took it from data and you just funneled it all the way down. And I think if managers are listening to this or leaders, they're going to love this conversation because, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I love the conversation. This is the most, this is the most highly concentrated sales podcast I've done to date. You put so much stuff in here, Brandon. Uh, I want to be respectful of time. Uh sign the folks off with just say one like give them some last words on where they can find more information about you and just end it with something positive. Yeah, thanks so much. So
0: I, I post daily success secrets, sales secrets, management secrets, leadership secrets on LinkedIn and on YouTube. So make sure you hit that follow button on LinkedIn uh and also subscribe on YouTube. I'd love to stay in touch and have you benefit. You know, my, my mantra is if I can help just one person connect opportunity every single day, then I'm doing my job and I want to help you connect to, to millions and create the the life you want, the family you want, the freedom you want. And uh, also, pick up any of the books on Amazon. You know, they're, they're anywhere from 99 cents to 10 bucks or whatever. Go on Amazon. Um, you know, we've sold 100,000 plus books or whatever. would love to help you and I hope that they positively impact you and... Uh, also, because of Victor, you know we've got a, a special deal where you join Seamless for free, Use put the uh, bonus code, referral code Victor or Victor Antonio into the uh, sign up sheet, and we're going to hook you up with $500 worth of free credits, free leads into seamless.ai. So you just go to seamless.ai, join for free, put in Victor's name for listening to the podcast, and we'll automatically hook you up with $500 as a special gift. And also one of our special trainings that we sell for $1,000. I'm not going to tell you what the training is, but it deals with sales secrets. And Victor is in the training as one of the 100 experts sharing his top secrets to success. So we'll get you that video training and transcript.
1: B.B., you are amazing. And on that note, let me sign off. This is Victor Antonio. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you're listening or watching this. Give us some feedback. Step number two, check out Brandon Bornanson. Again, go to Amazon, go to LinkedIn, check him out, follow him. I'm telling you, the content is great. And what I love about Brandon, I can't praise him enough because There's a lot of people who talk about what to do in sales. This man lives it, breathes it, eats it, and does the rest of it. You know what I mean, with it. So he has to do everything. So do that. And on that note, this is Victor Antonio, always reminding you that selling ain't hard when you got seamless and you know how to sell. Take care.
0: Big Tin Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win.